What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Today's episode is brought to you by Jameson Vitamins. And keep watch on our Instagram page, The Papaya Podcast, because we are doing a giveaway. Three winners will receive seven products from Jameson's women's health line, plus a customized tote bag. That includes a multivitamin, a women's probiotic complex, advanced skin, hair, and nails, gorgeous hair, collagen anti-wrinkle liquid, iron plus B12 chewables, and menopause relief. And let's get the show started. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostest, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. All right, everyone, welcome back. Today we have, I think it's our third ever fitness personality coming onto the show. And this one's a little bit different than we've ever heard of before, but she is an expert in what she does. And she has quite a career built out, even in her young 20s, doing some really incredible stuff. So please welcome Beverly Chang. Thank you so much. Actually, more like late 20s, but I like it. Well, you started in your 20s. That's still a big deal. (laughs) I was like, pumping kids out. I had all three of my kids by the time I was 25. So I'm always deeply impressed with people who have like career stuff like under their belts in their 20s. So I think it's awesome. Well, thank you. Explain who you are, what you do, and kind of what got you to doing what you do today. Yeah, for sure. So I'm an online fitness coach. I run a social media account. I do some one-on-one coaching with women. And I also run a health and fitness retreat down in Mexico or just like in the Southern countries. So that's kind of like the gist of my career. I got into this because I was always like really big into sports. I played rugby from a pretty young age and I played pretty competitively. And when I finally graduated university, I was kind of like, I don't want to play sports anymore. So I transitioned from going to practice and playing games all the time to just working out in the gym and creating this fitness blog. And I started it in 2014. And for like years and years and years, I was just pumping out content like all the time, not getting paid for it. Just like really loved coming up with workouts, helping my friends. The onset of social media and Instagram, it just became bigger and bigger to the point that I kind of just kept following and doing the things that I enjoyed doing, which was coming out with online programs, traveling, 
talking with women, talking about body positivity. And it just came this brand, which I built, which is called Born to Sweat. You talk about the fact that like, it's all about loving your body through sweat. Like it's loving your body through fitness, because even when people hear words like fitness coach or fitness, anything, people get their backs up. It's an intimidating space for so many people. And I feel like with Born to Sweat, like you must have seen so many people feel that they don't belong in fitness. There's women of all different sizes who feel they don't belong. We've had two other fitness instructors on here before. We've had one that works a lot in postpartum fitness and one who is a plus size fitness instructor. And you're a straight size, like athletic fitness instructor. So you're typically the kind that would maybe feel the most intimidating, but yet somehow you're not. And I think a lot of that comes down to like the reasons that you've kind of navigated that space really well. But what would you say to those who are truly intimidated by fitness or feel like they don't fit in because maybe they don't look like you. One of the things that really helped me was when I played rugby, we played with women who are big women. And throughout my time playing, I would watch these typically larger women sprint down a field faster than I could take out other women. Like they were just so strong in so many, so many different ways. And it really dawned on me kind of at that time in my life that you don't have to look fit to be fit, to be so strong and to be capable of doing all these things that you would typically expect from like a smaller, fitter body. So that was like the first thing. And then the second thing is fitness literally is for every single body, right? Like you don't have to be a specific size to like, I've seen tiny little women at the gym, like squatting way heavier than me. And I just, find it so empowering and so inspiring that like they don't fit the mold of what you would typically expect. So why should anybody else? Like you can be as strong or as quick or as fast or as athletic as you want to be, but you don't have to fit a certain body type to, to be that. We're seeing a lot more of healthy at every size becoming more of a conversation because even within, you know, the self-love and body positive movements, there's so much lacking there in terms of like proper language. And, And I think when we come down to like, you can be healthy at every size and like acknowledging that it can kind of start to break down a lot of the barriers on why people feel so intimidated by this space in the first place. But when we talk about fitness, like, let's be real. It is an incredibly competitive market. You're in Toronto. It is ridiculously saturated. What have you done? Kind of carve your own space out for that. I know it kind of happened organically for you, but you've now built a career out of one of the most competitive markets that exist and doing it in one of the biggest cities. How has that worked for you? And how have you kind of kept with it? Thank you for saying that. I think two things. One is humor. And the second is passion. I always try to bring humor to every situation. And what I mean by that is taking things that people would normally be embarrassed about or like shy about, like grunting when you work out or like slipping in your sweat at the gym or like farting when you're doing a squat. Queefing in a yoga class. Oh my gosh. Queefing in (laughs) yoga needs to be normalized. It happens so often. One time it happened to a woman beside me and I literally let everyone think it was me because she was so mortified. And I was like, it's fine. Everyone looked at me and I was like, just let them like, sorry, but it wasn't. But still like it's so, these are normal things. Took one for the team. I like that. Turning something that people might find embarrassing or like even humiliating into something lighthearted and completely natural And because I've been in the space for so long and I know what it's like, the experience, 
I know that it's natural, but other women might not. Like, like I said, like slipping in your sweat, people are like, oh gosh, that's so embarrassing. I'm like, no, it just means you're working hard and it happens to literally everyone. And so just trying to like normalize that with humor. And I think a lot of women really appreciate that. And that's kind of why they've like stuck around. And then the second part is just passion. Like everyone has their thing. My thing is coming up with workouts and learning how to push my body. And then in doing so, pushing other women's bodies to literally limits that they didn't know they could exist for them. So we're pushing past those limits. Being so obsessed with what I do in a good way has helped me to just kind of like keep building out my own path in a way that I in the way that I wanted it to be. Taking a pause from our show to talk about today's sponsor, which is Jameson Vitamins. Jameson Vitamins has consistently been voted Canada's most trusted brand of vitamins and for good reason. In a rapidly growing marketplace, Jameson sets themselves apart with an industry-leading commitment and 360 Pure Promise to provide customers with the purest, safest, most effective natural health solutions available. To further reinforce this dedication and purity, Jameson is also True ID certified. Jameson's is partnering with different Canadian podcasts, hoping to reach and inspire women of all walks of life to live happy, healthy lives. Each podcast will explore a wellness-related topic. Their extensive line of supplements offers nutritional support in a variety of key areas so that women can look and feel their best from the inside out. You're going to hear a little bit about our experiences in that today as well. And for an added charity fundraiser, Jameson Vitamins is doing a campaign called Here For Her Health. So every time you use the Here For Her Health hashtag and tag Jameson Vitamins, they will donate 50 cents to the Canadian Women's Foundation, a nonprofit organization that helps women and girls move out of violence, out of poverty, and into confidence and leadership. The goal is to reach a total donation of $2,000. With so many different vitamins available from Jameson's, they are ready to support your entire needs, whatever that might be, from your hair, skin, and nails, to your iron, to your menopause, multivitamins, probiotic, prenatals. There are so many things that you can explore and look into. I personally have been taking the Jameson prenatal vitamins as they have been the only ones that have not been causing me any type of nausea around taking vitamins. So I have been appreciating them extra this last little bit. Right now, if you visit jamesonvitamins.com, you can use the code PAPAYAPODCAST for a discount of 20% off your order. And again, keep an eye out on the Papaya Podcast Instagram, where three of you will have a chance to win supplements from the Jameson's Health Collection. From now until July 31st, every time Jameson Vitamins campaign Here for Her Health is used, 50 cents will be donated to the Canadian Women's Foundation. Connect with Jameson Vitamins on Instagram at Jameson Canada. That's J-A-M-I-E-S-O-N Canada. Now let's get back to the show. I know you've said before, like you grew up loving sports. Like this isn't something that for me, I was like, I avoided sports at all costs. Like I didn't even like going to summer camp and like anything I did, I wouldn't even play capture the flag. Like I had to do what was the safest for me at all times. Like I just wanted to be wrapped in a bubble. Like I didn't even start working out until my late twenties and it felt so foreign and so weird 
But I did grow to love it. And I, but then I grew to become obsessed with it. And I know you've grown up differently because you did love it all the way through, but how has it ever become something that you found you got obsessive with or struggled or how do you, if not, like, how have you kept yourself from that? There have definitely been times that I was like, if I stop working out, my body is going to fall apart or like, it's not going to look the same. And because of that, I would go for runs at like 6am, five days a week, and then also go and work out in the evening. And I did that for a long time because I always thought that if I didn't run five mornings a week, like my body would suddenly like blow up in a way that I didn't like. And actually what ended up happening was I was traveling for work and I ended up getting pneumonia. The doctors were like, it's probably something that you just picked up. But what was probably an issue as well was my immune system was really low because I was just pushing, pushing, pushing my body so hard and not fueling it with like protein and like lots of nutritious foods. And so because of that, I was in the hospital for like a week. I lost 15 pounds. I couldn't control like any of my bowels, anything like that was really bad. And when I came out of it, I couldn't exercise. Of course not. Like I was completely depleted and I had to like build myself back up from scratch. Like I, my pants were literally falling down my body. I would go for a run and my run would be like a one minute walk, like a one minute jog, sorry. And then like a five minute walk. And I kind of had to build back up from that. But it also made me realize that I had been pushing myself way too hard. I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't eating enough protein. I probably wasn't drinking enough water. I wasn't eating enough food to fuel all these workouts. And ever since then, I kind of like dropped those morning runs. And literally nothing changed. If anything, my body got stronger, you know? So I definitely have been through that obsessive period or like the feeling of like, I need to constantly be doing this. And then realizing that that was just like a myth kind of gave me that freedom of like not feeling so shackled down to like a specific routine day after day. I've been following this one woman online. I forget her name right now, but she is like exiting out of extreme dieting and extreme weighing everything of her food. She was eating like really, really controlled. And she did this thing called all in where she's just like actually eating like a higher amount. She's still working out and like her body, like she gained. And then all of a sudden it like just set. And I was like, wow, this is so interesting because like when you're punishing your body, we're so ingrained to like, if that's health, that's health. Like that's the thing we need to do. Just push harder, be better, like do more. And it doesn't really give a lot of room for like rest and nutrition and like feeding and fueling yourself. And so the, like watching somebody even, or even hearing your story and what I've experienced too, is like your body kind of going through that with you and how it can kind of come out, finding its balance and finding a way that's like actually manageable that makes you have a life that you love again and not looking at food as something to fear and fitness as a form of punishment. And I think that has been so ingrained in us to kind of look as fitness as a way to like erase our food or erase our bodies or to constantly want to change ourselves. But fitness is so much more than that. Can you maybe touch on some of the other realms of like beyond our bodies? What is fitness good for? My favorite thing about working out is just the empowerment that it brings me, inner strength and inner confidence, which I believe shows up literally in every aspect, like my relationships, the way I talk to my friends and my family, my career, how I negotiate deals. 
things like that. I have so much confidence from because I have confidence in my body and in my strength. Something to be said about, you know, going to the gym and being able to do like five, 10 pull-ups in a row and have the guys at the gym watch you and know that they can't do it. And I don't know. I just love that so much because I feel like in our lives, men are just like, you know, they rule the room so many different aspects. But to be able to do something and be like, you know what? I know you can't do that. And I know you can't do that, but I can do it because I'm strong. And you didn't expect that I could like that. That as well is it's a really good feeling. You're right. Like it brings about a confidence. Like I remember when I first started working out, I couldn't do a push up. could not do a push up. not even a little bit, couldn't do one. But every day I kept trying every day. I kind of did it. And I remember the first run I went on, I had a treadmill, so it was miles, but I did one mile in 20 minutes. By the end of that second week, I got it down to 11 minutes. And then I was able to do two miles in 11 minutes. And it was just like, my body was still the same size, but your body has this incredible ability. So yes, going and starting fitness in any way can be intimidating as heck because you're starting from what feels like scratch. You're starting from nothing. And so it's hard to look around and see people who, you know, I also can't do a pull-up. So I don't know what that's like. My gym instructor, he got like those bands for me once. And I felt like I was in Cirque du Soleil. He's like, you can't lift on a bar. You can't lift your weight. So how do you expect you're going to pull yourself up? And I was like, huh, but like expectations, we're just so expecting of ourselves, but to actually see how our bodies can get stronger, not comparative to other people. While that would be hella cool to like do some pull-ups in front of some dudes at the gym, just knowing that like, you know, it like even as an instructor and even as somebody who kind of teaches this stuff, each body is on its own individual journey. And you're truly only in competition with yourself. One of the biggest motivators is progress and being able to do something that you honestly didn't think you could do before. Like it would just never even cross your mind to be able to do something like a pull up or a push up on your toes to be able to suddenly do that, like brings so much confidence into your abilities as like a female and as in your capabilities and bringing you this independence. And every time you practice and learn a new skill, it's just enforcing that motivation and enforcing that confidence. And that's what I love about it. I actually had a similar experience to you with like getting sick. So I went from like obsessively working out three times a day and then I got sick for two weeks and I had to like sit with the feelings, which was so uncomfortable because the whole time I had to sit with the fact that like my entire reason for working out was because I had fat phobic thinking. Like all it was fueling me. It's the only reason I was doing it. So when I came back into it, I stopped like paying attention to how many calories I was burning. I had to let go of all of that. And I started to pay attention to how I felt. And there was something so amazing at that point that almost everybody has during working out, which is, I don't think I can keep going, but then you do. And then you step off and there's something about like, we know there's like scientifically stuff that goes on in our brains, but when you step out of that workout space and you're like, look at that thing that I didn't think I could do. And I just did it. Like I, I actually was able to do something that I didn't even believe that I could do two minutes ago. And I think that's one of the things that when more people can step into the fitness space and feel less intimidated about it being about what you look like and more about what you feel and the confidence it brings you, I think it can actually be 
like exactly what we said, it can actually change other aspects of your world. Like, yeah, you would probably be a lot stronger in a boardroom when you recognize what you're capable of, because even you and your own imposter syndrome are able to overcome, you know, that thinking. But you've talked before, I read an interview, but you touched on that you have a bullying story. And I don't know that I've ever heard what happened to you in bullying. So when I was growing up, I was always a little bit eccentric. I had a weird laugh. I wore like vintage clothes or silver tights from American Apparel. I made really sarcastic jokes that probably weren't for my time. Like, <laughs> and like I watched <laughs> Nation Street. Like I was just kind of like a weird kid. And it's really easy to pick on the person who's weird, especially if that person is, you know, I was playing sports in which all like the cool kids, and I'm using quotation marks, the cool kids played sports and were athletic. But I was like that cool kid that was also really weird. And I also went to a school that wasn't very forgiving for people who were a little bit odd. Everyone was very cookie cutter. And so, yeah, it was just like for years and years, I would just walk into a room and be completely ignored or like I would be at volleyball practice and say something and the entire team, including the coach, including the coach would just like look at me with disgust or just ignore what I would say. I would get uninvited to parties. My house would get egged. It like people made fun of my clothes. It just a number of different things. So I hated high school to say the least. And I couldn't wait to leave. And of course, like growing up in that really makes you kind of question your self-worth, makes you question whether anyone is ever going to like you. It's definitely was a hard time in my life. But I think what kind of got me out of it, actually, I know what got me out of it was it was in grade 12 and I had just had enough. I was like, I'm tired of trying to be invited to parties. I'm tired of trying to make friends. I'm tired of being ignored. I'm just going to put all of my time and effort into sports and into playing rugby and training for it. And so what I did was I quit all my high school sports. I just played rugby outside of school. So for club, I would literally go and practice every single day. I'd go to a field and just run sprints back and forth. I'd go for runs in the morning and not in a way that was like obsessive because at that time I didn't really think about body image, but it was in a way that I was like, Hey, you know what? I'm getting stronger. I'm getting fitter. I'm getting faster. And I know I'm good at this. Like I said, it just gave me that confidence, just not care about what those people in my high school said about me or the fact that, you know, on the last day of school, someone wrote something really mean in my yearbook and then just threw it back. Like, you know, things like that. It just like didn't bother me as much because I knew that it was, it didn't matter because I had that other strength that I had found from fitness and from rugby. And then I left high school and I still had those fears. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to UBC in Vancouver. People aren't going to like me. It's going to be the exact same thing, but it's okay because you have rugby and because you're strong. And I got there and I literally have never had so many friends in my life. I love Vancouver. (laughs) I do too. So great. Oh, it's a different world out there though. Like I would say for sure. But I mean, all of that that you're saying is funny when you're talking about being eccentric and kind of being different and not being so cookie cutter. I'm like, this is why you have the career you do though. Like that's what makes you so different in the fitness space. And the one thing I really admire about you is you actually make friends with people that are actually in your same field, basically competition for you. 
But how have you navigated that? Like we're so, I think as women, especially we get really hung up on being competitive and you're somebody who is like inherently competitive yet you work in the fitness space and have friends who also do the same. How do you kind of navigate those friendships with like doing the same type of thing and still being supportive of each other? I think I used to look at people as competition and then I slowly started to realize if you build a brand and have a message that actually means something and resonates with people, it doesn't matter what these other women are doing because people will stick with you for the reasons you've set out. So whether it's your message, whether it's like what you stand for, whether it's the type of workouts that you have, if you are confident in your ability to run a successful business and in that message, the other people, the other competition or my friends in the industry, it doesn't matter because you've built something that's strong enough to last that. And if anything, I look at these women as sources of you know, mentorship in areas that maybe I haven't explored yet. I look at them as somebody I could partner with to make something even bigger and better. I almost have never looked at someone as competition because I feel like I've built such a strong brand that I can withstand like many fitness instructors as there are in the city. I think Toronto has done a really good job at that, actually. Like I know a lot of people in the same circles that are part of like the fitness community and are truly friends with each other. And so I think that's like such a shining example because we get really competitive thinking that somebody else is going to like stick their fingers in our pot instead of seeing like people as individuals and understanding that you know what, maybe, maybe a different person is a better fitness, you know, match for that one individual human and knowing that people kind of cherry pick. I think about this all the time when it comes to like cherry picking in life. I'm like, imagine you were told you could only ever shop at like one store, or you could only ever wear one brand of makeup for the rest of life. But that's as women, that's kind of what we do with each other is we like kind of isolate people into being like, if I'm your fitness instructor, I'm your person forever. And I used to be like that. I had a friend who was an instructor and I felt like I could never leave her. I felt like I could never betray her. And she was like, you know, it's okay if you like work out somewhere else. And I was like, are you sure? Like, it's just cause there's like, I just want to do weightlifting and you know, it's like, it's a place in town. And she was like, yeah, like it's okay for you to like meet your needs. And I think that really getting out of our own heads about it a little bit and understanding like people like you are just looking to support people in their work while also supporting themselves. But that doesn't mean by the means of people staying with you because out of obligation, you want people there because they really want to be a part of that community. But communities have been incredibly compromised right now, I would say with quarantine and in the fitness space, it has been toxic as heck because it's been just so driven by hate and it's been so driven in fear. And I really loved seeing that you almost like didn't hiccup. Like you were just like, no, like we just keep going. Like you can still do all of these things at home, but how has it been for you mentally, like removing yourself from these social spaces and having to be isolated and still kind of like running your business when maybe you just want to lay in bed all day? Maybe you're not like me. Maybe you don't want to lay in bed all day. (laughs) It's actually funny. So when this quarantine happened a few months ago, I was saying that I think I was affected the least by it because I work from home or coffee shops. And the only big difference was that I could no longer go to the gym. So for me, instead of looking at it as like, oh my God, I can't go to the gym. Like what's going to happen to my deadlifts? My body is going to fall apart, et cetera, et cetera. I looked at it as like an opportunity to train in a way that I hadn't trained in a while to train using only my body or very minimal amounts of weight. And I think I was excited 
to be honest. I was like, this is a new opportunity. This is a chance to go back to my roots, which was a lot of high intensity training, which was a lot of free weight training and see like what I could come up with. And rather than just like being disappointed about not going to the gym, I was like, what can I do to make everybody else excited about this? Okay. I'm going to run live videos. And those live videos were such a bright light for so many people who were like, kind of like, okay, I just want to stay in bed. I can't work out. I can't go to my gym. I can't go to my fitness classes. Finding like that transition and seeing like, what was the best way to kind of get people excited about a certain thing to give them a little bit of structure and give them a little bit of inspiration for their day. And yeah, I just looked at it as I do with any kind of obstacle. I looked at it as an opportunity and saw like what kind of things could be built from this. It's honestly been such a good lesson for so many people who feel like fitness isn't for them because they can't afford a gym or fitness isn't for them because they don't have the equipment. I really hesitated to even say on my platform that like I had an exercise bike at home because I was like, that's just not in the means for everybody. But for over a decade, I worked out literally just with body weight and a yoga mat on my floor. And that was still by doing like online workouts. And and it actually was incredible for me because it was so easy to carve out that time. It was so easy. It became like my favorite part of the day to close the door, throw on some music and just get connected with my body. As a mom, like, I feel like we have this like guilt where we can't like leave and do things. But like during that time, I had so much mom guilt, but to be able to close the door and lock it and put headphones in, have a reason to like work out and be on my own. That's what I started to really fall in love with. So then I really started to fall in love with like weightlifting and stuff like that. And obviously I can't really do that at home, but it really brought me back down to my roots, which is like, this isn't taken away from me. My fitness is not gone. It kind of brings about this new opportunity and this new light of like, you're right. Fitness is for everybody because it can happen for anybody, even with the tools that you have at home and just a body on the floor. When I first started working out, I didn't have workout pants. Like I literally wore jeans and like a regular bra. So I always try to remind myself, like you don't need all of the things that maybe you become accustomed to with fitness. Even if you don't have a water bottle, like grab a mug, like it's okay to like do it in a really scrappy way. And so I think that's really cool that you've you know, touched on that, how exciting it actually can be. It's not something to feel hindered by or to be stopped by. It's actually kind of an opportunity to look at it all in a, like a, just a new challenge, which I think is a, so much of a better thing than kind of like, oh, how are you going to avoid like the quarantine 15? And how are you going to like not get this instead just being like, you know what? No, like this is such an opportunity for me to really get connected with my body and in my own space again and and really owning that. So today's episode is sponsored by Jameson Vitamins. We both are users and, you know, takers of Jameson Vitamins. And, you know, you talked earlier about the importance of fueling your body. You talked about, you know, how you recognized the lack in that. And vitamins is one of those things that I feel like I grew up being told to take vitamins and knowing that it was important and then becoming an adult and being like, no, they're not like whatever. I don't need to spend money on vitamins. And then finding out during blood tests that actually, yeah, I really am deficient in some stuff because I wasn't supporting my body. But how are different ways that you've integrated vitamins and their importance in your own life? So I was the same as you. I was like, I don't need vitamins. I feel fine every day. I'm not bloated. I have energy, et cetera. It's funny at the beginning of the quarantine, I was like, I'm going to learn everything. And so I bought (laughs) like a two hour course on vitamins and supplements. And I was like, Hmm, you know what? Like it doesn't 
just because you feel okay doesn't mean that what's happening inside internally is all just happening normally. Like you can always do something to kind of improve or enhance your bodily functions. So, and as somebody who is a pescatarian, so I don't eat any meat, I am typically low on iron day to day. So I incorporate iron into my daily supplements, not constantly, but especially if I feel like my hair is starting to kind of thin or fall out. I take things like fish oil because fish oil is really good for your joints or for high impact or workouts or for weight training. I take magnesium. I take the B vitamins. So I take a bunch of different vitamins and supplements that while I don't necessarily notice a big difference uh, day to day, after doing the research that I did, I do know that it is helping my body inside and like helping me to recover and like fuel me and get through my workouts a little bit better and a little bit stronger. There's so many different vitamins now. We've got vitamins for, I mean, Jameson has like the hair, skin and nails one. They've got a different gorgeous hair one. They have a menopause relief. They've got all their multivitamins. I love their multivitamins because they're the only ones that don't upset my stomach, but I have a really sensitive stomach. So I'm similar. I'm, I actually don't eat meat because I get very sick from it. I really thought that I was eating enough of other things to kind of supplement and that I was going to be fine. And I remember I went to the doctors just running some blood tests and she phoned me and was like, your iron is so low. And all of a sudden I was like, this is wild because I really thought I was okay. But when I looked back, I was really tired. I was really struggling with my workouts and I really thought it was me and that it was like, I wasn't doing enough and I was weak and all of this stuff. And it really played in and something as simple as like within weeks, I started getting back up to like my normal capacity again, because I was just lacking in vitamins. Like I was actually lacking in nutrients. And, but I think it's really cool to hear you say that you actually take like a different diet. You know, that you're pescatarian as well, because even in the fitness realm, it can be really hard to navigate. What if I have allergies and what if I have different food needs and being able to still nourish your body? Do you talk much about like how to eat for fitness and stuff as well? Because obviously fueling your body is a totally different thing, but how have you navigated that while also having a different kind of diet? I don't get like into the nitty gritty or like the science of nutrition, but I do, I fuel my body in a way that is very like intuitive to me. I have never counted calories. I have never counted macros. And sometimes when women reach out to me and ask me like, if I can give them a meal plan that is like that, I always say no. I think this is a method for some people for sure. But for the majority of people, like counting calories can be very restrictive and overwhelming. And I like to just always focus on having like a protein, a fat and a carb in every single meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And yes, sometimes it means getting creative. Sometimes it means adding a can of tuna to a salad that should probably not have a can of tuna. <laughs> but, you know, it's still just trying to get in that protein and just make my meals enjoyable. So I always play around with different cuisines, like Mexican food, Asian food, Italian, like Indian. Like I always play around with it. I never try to stick myself into a fish, vegetable, and like potato sort of meal. I like to make sure I'm having those protein, fats, and carbs in a way that's like creative and enjoyable. That's actually so refreshing to hear because I feel like a lot of people 
feel like they have to follow this like extensive list of like, like macros was one of those things that I have friends who love like counting macros. It like makes them feel like they have everything perfectly under control and that's what works for them. And I've always struggled with it because I'm like, I feel like I'm doing math every single time I'm sitting down to eat. Never worked for me. And then on top of that, I ended up with disordered eating. So I really had to like avoid counting. I love the simplicity of protein, fat, carb. Like that is nothing gets demonized. Everything has a place there and uh, really going with that. So before we kind of like wrap up here, tell us about the ultimate sweat away because it sounds like the coolest thing ever and also kind of intimidating. <laughs> I don't want to go on vacation to work out. So you need to convince me <laughs> on this. It sounds fun. I guess the whole premise behind ultimate sweat away was that when people would go on vacation, they would prepare to feel like crap at the end of it. They were like, I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to work out for four weeks so hard before I go so I can feel good in a bikini. And then I'm going to eat my face off at the buffet and drink all day and not work out. And to me, that is kind of a toxic way to look at vacation because it's like, first of all, you're preparing your body to look good in a bikini. Like I I didn't like that. And then I also didn't like the mindset of like, you just throw all your hard work away because you're going to be in Mexico for a week or wherever it is. Or that fitness doesn't have a place in vacation. Yeah, exactly. And to me, I love working out on vacation. And I know like a lot of people won't resonate with that, but I love exploring a city by going for a run. I love going down to the beach and doing a workout on the beach with like just my body, like things like that I'm obsessed with. So I wanted to create this retreat where you could go on vacation you could train in a way that was good for your mind and for your body. And at the end of the week, you came out feeling stronger versus feeling bad about yourself or feeling guilty or shame. We created this retreat. We ran two retreats in our first year. We actually had three planned for this year, all of which we had to cancel, unfortunately. But we're hoping to come back bigger and better next year. And what it is, is basically like six days you work out or move your body twice a day. We do goal setting workshops. We do intention workshops, nutrition workshops. We always bring on a guest instructor, whether it's like a boxing coach, a yoga instructor, a nutritionist, something like that. So it's my little like baby that I'm trying to nurture and grow. And we've definitely had a couple setbacks from this year, but I think people will just be more excited to travel next year and get back into the sun. I think it's a nice approach to vacation because I think there's this part of us that thinks that vacation is is almost like a giving up. You're just like stepping away from everything. And, and I have to resonate with that. I've done that. We normally, when we go on vacation, we like to create a routine. Like Shane and I did this thing where we would vacation and do nothing and it never felt good. We actually came home feeling gross for weeks because so much alcohol, so much food, so much bloating. My digestion would be out the window. It was just too much on our systems. So we got a little bit better at like actually creating routines and like getting up, having a breakfast, going to the gym, and then sitting and reading a book for a few hours. But to take that even a level further, and even knowing that you can travel if you were a solo person into like this group setting and have your vacation not be just about nothingness, but actually intentionality. And, you know, that actually sounds much better that I thought it was just like intense workouts all day long. And I was like, no, thanks. Like, that's not for me. I'm still going to need, you still get that downtime and that vacation within that. Right. So that's really cool. Well, 
what is next for you in the world? What is, what is coming up and what's exciting for you and where can people find you? Well, the next thing that I'm trying to create is a subscription workout service so that, you know, the challenges I've been running during quarantine have been so successful and people have really found value in the community that it brings. So just trying to create something that is more ongoing, that's affordable and that people will always have that constant connection and support from me. And in terms of where people can find me, you can find me on Instagram at Beverly Chang, which everyone will spell wrong. Yeah, you have an extra E in your Beverly. Yeah, people think Chang is spelled with like a U sometimes. So oh, very confusing. Okay. Uh, or you can just type in Born to Sweat and I'll come up there as well. Amazing. Thank you so much for doing this with me today. And I appreciate all your insight. I appreciate you being somebody that is like truly in the fitness world and like being different about it and really making it a space for everybody. So Thanks so much for everything. And for everyone listening, I will add all of Beverly's info in the show notes if you want to check her out and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sponsored by Jameson Vitamins. I just want to remind you one more time to head on over to the Papaya Podcast page, enter that giveaway. Three lucky winners will be receiving the Women's Health line along with that customizable tote bag. And on top of that, use that hashtag here for her health and tag Jameson Vitamins. Let's get that $2,000 to those who need it, which is exactly what will be happening with the Canadian Women's Foundation. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at The Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.